everyone. Welcome to the My Nights Are Booked podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and today I'm going to be sharing with you an interview that I did with best-selling author Katie Sice. She is the author of Open House and We Were Mothers, and she has a brand new book out called The Break, and it just came out on November 1st. And it's one of the most exciting books that I've read in a really long time. There's a lot happening in this book, and and what I love is that it's told from the perspective of a mystery writer, and uh, this mystery writer named Rowan has some memory issues, and these these issues have always been part of her life, but they were exacerbated with the birth of her daughter, Lila, and so as she's been trying to remember, she, she literally can't remember the baby being born. And her husband, who is a screenwriter and a very successful person in his own right, um, has his mother helping with, you know, with Ray, with Lila and, you know, she's a newborn. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people coming and going to try and help, but he brings in uh, this girl named June and this young woman was recommended by somebody in their circle. And what I love is that Katie developed this world where all of the characters in the book have connections to each other. So as you're learning about these characters, you see how they connect to each other in, in the most interesting of ways. So June was recommended as a babysitter and, and kind of nanny for baby Lila. And um, one day Rowan thinks that June is is trying to hurt the baby. So she confronts June and... Um, you know, gets, gets really angry and, and everybody knows, I mean, that the neighbors could hear her freaking out over, you know, what she thought was June doing something to her, to Lila, which actually ended up not being the case, but everybody knows that this thing happened. And then a few days later, June goes missing. So naturally that puts Rowan in the crosshairs of the investigation, but since she can't remember what happened, everything takes a really dark turn because she has to piece together what happened and she starts to realize that not only can she not trust her memory, but she can't really trust that anybody is telling her the truth because everything seems kind of strange. So it's it's absolutely chilling. And like so many books that I get from MB Communication and the wonderful team of Megan and Stephanie, this is one of those books that you might not notice at first on a bookshelf, but as soon as you pick it up, you realize that this book is so full of twists and turns that you can't put it down. It is, I literally read this book in a night because I had to find out what was happening. Just as soon as you thought something was, was, you know, that you were getting clarification on something, something else would happen. And then this would happen. And then that would happen. And then pretty soon you realize that you just have to keep going because you have to know what happens. And that is entirely due to Katie's amazing prose. She is a master at, you know, bringing these characters together and and making them compelling and um, just really exciting and really fun to read. So it was an absolute pleasure being able to have a chat with Katie about her book. And I think you'll find this conversation useful if you've read the book. If you haven't read the book, don't worry. We don't go into spoilers. Um, So you can listen to the conversation without worrying that we're going to reveal too much. Um, And it might actually enhance the way you read the book. So, you know, so don't worry about about having to hold off if you haven't read the book. 
Um, but I, I can't tell you how much I recommend this book. And I could actually see this, it, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's not often that you really, really wish a movie would be made from a book that you've read. I mean, every now and then you read a book and you're like, yeah, that would make a good movie or that might make a good TV show. But this, this has, you know, honestly, not more than a movie. I would say that this has limited series written all over it. It's, it's so compelling and so interesting that I could see this coming to life over like six to eight episodes. It, it's, it's just, it's, oh, it's so good. It's so good. You have to read it. It's available now. And, um, Without any further ado, I really want to get into this interview because I think you're really going to enjoy it. I certainly did. And many thanks go out to um, to Katie and to the team at MB Communication for setting this up. And yeah, please enjoy. This is my interview with Katie Sice, author of The Break. All right. Today, I'm joined by bestselling author Katie Sice, who is the author of Open House. And today, we're going to be talking about her new book coming November 1st, and it's called The Break. Katie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. This is, um, before we started talking or before we started recording on the podcast, I was telling Katie that I have read a lot of books this year. And when I came upon this one, I was so thrilled to find something that is so refreshing and so different and so new. And I'm in love with the break and I can't wait to talk with you about it because it's just, it's an incredible book and I have so many questions. Well, I was, I'm so excited to hear that. And as we were saying earlier, it's, it is so new and it's not even, you know, it's on pre-sale right now in a program called First Reads, but it hasn't even been published yet. So I'm so excited to just get reader feedback and to hear readers, you know, whether even sometimes on with reviews, whether it's good or bad, sometimes it's just so nice to hear readers talk about your characters and talk about your book and just to have them reading it. It's, it's really exciting. So thank you for saying all those kind, kind things. Oh yeah, no, thank thank you for writing this because it's a, uh, you know, there's there's a world of books and and I feel like we're in this really special time where you know thanks to, thanks to programs like First Reads and thanks to you know the ability to self self publish, there's so many books out there, mm -hmm. and this is a great time to to tell your stories. But sometimes they start to feel a little you know, derivative and start you know you can say oh that that reminds me of this book or this that happened in this book and when I came to the break, everything I thought wasn't what I, you know, it wasn't anything that I thought it would be. And I think that's like what makes it so much fun to read because it, it, when you get surprised like that and you're genuinely surprised by a book and it just the, the whole way through from start to finish, there's just, it's, it's, it's such an amazing story that you're like, wow, this is, this is one of those books that, that you want to tell people about, you want to talk about. So being able to talk about it with you is just, it's just an honor. So, so let's get into it. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit because we're not, we're not going to get into spoilers. So um, Katie, if you could kind of get into uh, kind of an introduction, what is the break about and, and what are we, uh, who are the characters we're looking at in meeting? So the break is a story of Rowan. Um, she's in her early thirties and she has her first baby at a hospital in New York city. And she can't remember much of the birth. She has a very, very traumatic birth and can't remember much of what happened. And she comes home with her beautiful newborn um, and she just feels like something isn't right. Um, and she's really struggling as many new moms do when they come home from the hospital. She has 
you know, tremendous anxiety and has this feeling that just something isn't quite right. Um, to help her, her husband hires a very beautiful young woman named June um, to help her during this time. And a few days into June's employment there, Rowan, my main character, accuses her of harming the baby, which June has not done. So Rowan looks down into the bassinet and she sees her beautiful baby sleeping soundly. Um, and then days later, June disappears. And to get to the bottom of what has truly happened to June, Rowan has to really face some very dark corners and some dark truths um, and put her mind back together. So it was, it's the first time this has happened to me, but it actually came to me in a dream. And I, I've heard other writers talk about that. And I've been writing, you know, for as long as I can remember since I was a child and, and I guess writing professionally for about 12 years. Um, but this is the first time that had happened. I, I, I dreamt of this woman standing in a room and just almost like clawing at the wallpaper and, and screaming for her baby um, and for someone to give her her baby. And, and she just stuck with me. I woke up really scared from the dream and um, unsettled, but she kind of just kept kicking around in my brain. I, I thought about her so much and I, I felt like I understood her and what had happened to her and what she was looking for. Um, and so that's sort of how all this started. And I think I chose the setting of Manhattan because it was in the middle of the pandemic when I, I used to live in Manhattan and in New York city. And um it was the middle of the pandemic, and I think I, I now live about an hour outside um, in more of like the, the countryside, and I think I was missing New York City so much, and so that's why I said it there. It's sort of set in this like very glittery backdrop of this very particular creative Manhattan world where Rowan's husband is a screenwriter, and their best friend Harrison is his screenwriting agent, and then June works at the, the young babysitter works at the agency where Harrison and Gabe um at their creative agency. And so it was sort of this fun world to go back into. And both of the characters actually remind me, my two main characters, it alternates between Rowan's perspective and June's perspective. And they remind me a lot of myself, I would say of all the books I've ever written, they're the ones that are most like me. Um, Rowan is a mystery writer and um, she's very much in some ways like me, as a new mom. And then June is much like I was when I kind of arrived very wide eyed to New York City. And I was, I was a theater major in college and I was trying to make it as an actress. And she reminds me of sort of some of the thoughts that I had and the way that I experienced kind of going into that world. And so, and so it was based on this whole plot kind of wove around this dream that you had. Yeah, I, I felt like the most, sometimes I feel like the most important thing is when you understand um, the character first and you might, or for me, like sometimes I'll think of a hook or a twist or something that I would like to see how it played out. Um, but I'm always, as when we you and I were talking earlier, I'm always very open to being surprised. Like I, I don't outline, I'm always in awe of writers who they outline and they have all their plot points figured out. And, and I, I guess in some ways I wish I did that, but I don't, I sort of watch it like it's a movie and I'm very, very, I'm often so surprised by who's done what and and even who's perpetrated the crime. And um, in this book, Rowan herself, as a mystery writer talks about that, you know, she says that, and Gabe, her husband talks about, he says, one of the reasons that she's always, people are so surprised reading her books, they're so surprised at who the killer is, is that Rowan herself is surprised as well. And that's the way I feel. I always feel like I'm almost watching my characters and, and letting them 
sort of do their own thing and I'm open to them really surprising me. And they always do, which which makes it fun to sit down and come back to the book. You feel like you're watching. I'm almost like watching a show of what I think is happening. I love television, so maybe that's it. But I always feel like I'm watching it unfold, um, like these beautiful creatures kind of playing out their own dramas right in front of me. I love that. And, you know, one of the things that from the immediate, you know, as soon as this book arrived in the mail, um, you know, you flip it to the back and, and at the very top, it says, you know, can she trust the people she loves and can she trust herself? And, you know, with Rowan being a mystery writer, if everything was, if, if all things were equal and, and she wasn't struggling with all of these things, you know, being a new mom and the trauma of this birth and things she can't remember, mystery writers tend to be the types that you would want on your, you know, apocalypse team or you know if something if something happened you always want that mystery writer in there you know I, I, there's a, one of us my favorite Stephen King books is the Langoliers and one of the characters is a mystery writer and he you know he or a science fiction writer who dabbles in mysteries and so like he's the one who's constantly like kind of piecing things together you know he he's that one who sees the clues and he links sure. it all together yeah. and so you know so they're they're like a trusted a reliable, very trustworthy narrator because they kind of know what they're, you know, what they're doing. So what I love about Roland is that you've upended that by saying like, she, she doesn't, you know, she writes kind of in this unconventional way for a mystery writer. She doesn't know who her characters are until, you know, the end. But right now she's going through this really traumatic time where she can't even piece together what happened in her own life but she's telling part of the story. And then that kind of calls everything into question because we only know what she's telling us or what she's sure. seen. Sure. Definitely. And I, and I also toyed with, as I sort of got to know her, um, how reliable she was. And to me, it turns out that she's extremely reliable in, in many, many, many ways, but everyone has that feeling. I think of how you look at a situation and, and what's reality and what, you know, what really happened. Um, and her imagination is so wild and that's sort of the way that mine is. So I think sometimes that can lead you to these sort of like worst case scenarios, which does not always help when you're a new mom. Um, and, you know, I remember a friend and I were planning something and she said, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? And then she was like, no, don't answer that. Because she knew that I would have the, like, you know, the absolutely outlandish worst possible thing that could, you know, go wrong at this fun, very tame fundraiser that by the way went fine. But um I just think that when your mind is wired that way, it's you know, it's certainly a blessing and a curse, but um for her, she's dealing with these sort of intrusive thoughts that many moms experience, but she's under these extreme circumstances and so it all is kind of weaving together and she's not sure if she can trust her own mind and how reliable what everyone else is telling her is. And that's the other thing too is she's doubting the way people are behaving around her and something just doesn't feel right. And you'd mentioned, you know, one, one of the things that's really interesting about the cast of characters is that they're all linked. Everybody has a connection to everybody else. And they're in this world where it's almost like an, a, a me against them. Like they all know and nobody is really overtly saying anything. They're all, you know, there's this weird combination of, you know, acting normal, but also not acting normal. Like, it, you know, like I think of the expression walking on eggshells, like everybody's, you know, it, it, and knowing that she's been through this trauma, it makes sense. But for someone who's experiencing that, that must be a really incredibly unnerving feeling knowing that they're trying to protect you, but also not understanding what they're trying to protect you from. Sure. Definitely. 
definitely. I think it's, I think it's incredibly unsettling. And anytime you have that feeling of almost like people are trying to manage you a little bit, like make sure, like you, exactly as you said, like they're walking on an eggshells, they're making sure they're not upsetting you. They're making sure you're all right. You know, I think, I think she knows that something is deeply wrong and she's, the feeling is incredibly unnerving. Um, But then among all that, she has to, you know, it's like, boom, June disappears. And then she has to sort of put it all aside and figure it out. Definitely. Now, one of the things that that I, I found really interesting was the way you framed the story, because as you mentioned that you, you go, you alternate between Rowan's perspective and June and uh, June's perspective. And it took me a minute to catch on because spoiler alert, I read this book. It's like, it, I literally powered through this book in a day. Cause I was like, I, I have to keep going. I have to keep reading this book. Awesome. And it took me a minute to realize that the frame of time that passes it's not, you cover a lot of ground, but you also stay specific to certain days. One of which is my birthday, which I'm really excited about. It kept coming back to my birthday. What's coming up then? Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, I was like, wow, this is, it's like, you know, it's like Groundhog Day. I keep coming back to my day. But, uh, but I, I love how, you know, really you take the time to show how many things are happening in these very specific moments. And it's a lot. I mean, there's there's a lot going on, and it really just kind of again emphasizes how much pressure is going. You know, in in you know Rowan being a new mom, that would be enough for and just just being a new mom. But all of this other stuff compounding it, just I mean, her frame of mind is just so fragile because of all of this external pressure and all of the things happening so quickly and in such a short period of time. Right. And it was, it was one of my favorite things that happens is that, um, I mean, I sound like I'm, I mean, if I do say so myself, one of my favorite things that happens is, is when um, you see from their perspective. So, so as you know, June's perspective from six months ago takes place over a few months. Like we get to know June, we get to know her life in the city, her relationships, her relationship with her roommate, her relationship with the other male characters in the book. Um, But then Rowan's as you know, are just on those very few days once June has gone missing. And one of my favorite things that happens is when you see the coffee shop scene from June's perspective and you see it from Rowan's perspective. And I just, I think that life is, I think it's very interesting what we all bring to a conversation and how we're having a completely different experience of the same conversation. Um, And I don't know, I just always find that kind of thing really interesting. So that was fun to do, to just, to try to write something. and of course, you're always moving the plot forward. That's the funny thing. People sometimes say like, well, how do you how do you not get it mixed up? But for me, it's it's kind of like you're still moving the plot forward and telling the story very linearly, even if it doesn't mm-hmm. feel that way. Like even if it feels like, well, now we're jumping back three months. Really, truly, there's one story being told and it's all kind of hurtling forward. So you're just dropping the things that you need to do plot point wise kind of within whatever time frame you've started with. Right, right. And you really get a sense of that with the interconnected cast because you start seeing, you know, how they come up, where they come up, in what way they come up. And that only serves to kind of drive the present day narrative of all of these characters coming together in this moment and and seeing, you know, how what happened in the past impacts them or, you know, in the past being a, a very open kind of frame of mind because it's some go back further than others but yes or we meet them at different points so it's really interesting to see how that all brings everybody back into this present day moment Mm -hmm. 
and that there's such a catalyst for why this has to happen. I remember being in a writing class and someone saying that you have to know why you're telling the story exactly now um, and why it needs to be told. And so I think to have a catalyst and then to understand how everybody fits in, it's it's, it's like a puzzle. And I, I think I that's one of my favorite things about writing is it's a puzzle and you're just trying to figure out where different things, what needs to be said and what doesn't need to be said. Um, I remember also learning in a class, someone said that fiction was life with all the boring parts taken out. Um, so sometimes to know what not to talk about, you know, and, and I'm obviously learning as I go. I think each book, you try to become a stronger writer. Like anything else, if you were playing piano, you would you would hope that you were better seven years in or 10 years in. Um, and so you're kind of learning what to talk about, what not to talk about. And story, I think story is such an interesting, I just, I love telling a story. I love hearing someone tell a story. So I think stories are just, you know, the way, it's certainly a way that I love to communicate. And you know what, you just hit on something that I, I wanted to talk to you about because there's so many, there's so many, there's so many things happening in this story. But one of the things that really stood out to me is that you could take away, you could take away almost all of it and then take away June's disappearance and the things that led up to that and really just focus on Rowan as this new mom. Mm-hmm. going through what she's going through and not necessarily getting the support that she needs the way she needs it. And, you know, talking about the traumatic birth and, and, and that's been such an issue that has really been coming to light more and more as people, you know, especially with the, the advent of social media and people sharing sure. their stories sure, and, definitely. you know, being able to talk about kind of the truths of, of, you know, of childbirth and the things that I don't think people used to, I mean, it was like, I would imagine I don't I don't have kids, so I don't know what that's like. But I think about you know when I was when I was little, listening to you know being in a group of moms, and they would they would you know that's how they would they would tell their stories is they would sit around and while the kids are playing and they tell their stories about what happened. And it seems like everybody has some story. You know, it's not just oh this beautiful thing happened. There's always almost always a story a story attached to to, to childbirth. And so if you stripped away everything else and you only told that story, it would, it's such an important component to, you know, to the, to what happens in, in your book, but it's also such an important thing to talk about because it's something that happens more frequently than I think people are willing to admit, but they're starting to. They're definitely starting to. And I think that, I mean, that, if, if that's one of the things about social media, that is certainly so positive. Um, I did a lot of research. I'm, I'm very, very interested in, in maternal health and maternal mental health and, and all of these, these things. And so I, when I started talking to women, obviously just from having, I have four of my own um, and just from talking to plenty, you know, so many other moms, everybody has a story and it's almost never that, well, certainly many times people go in and they just it's an easy breezy thing and they have a baby and they come home and it's like the end of the story. But a lot of times you hear a real true harrowing story in, in any way, whether it was the birth or whether it was postpartum health afterwards. And so that stuff, I just find that really interesting. And I feel like it's something that we all should be talking about and it should be, you know, and like you said, people are definitely talking about it more, but the statistics on what women experience you know, around the globe, it's, it's, they're, it's very harrowing. And so I thought that that would be, you know, a backdrop 
that I really wanted to talk about and kind of try to at least sink my teeth and, and contribute in hopefully some meaningful way um, to that reality. And there's, there's, it's really interesting when I think about Rowan, you know, looking at her baby and, and you know, as, as you said, you know, that, that this, this confrontation she has with June is driven by her fear that June has done something to her baby. So her instincts are just, without her realizing it, her protective instincts for her baby are spot on. And so coupled with her postpartum, you know, d- depression and, and her recovery and her lack of memory of, you know, what happened, it's so interesting that her instincts shine through and, and everything that kind of motivates her is about protecting her baby. And, um, you know, even when she can't really remember anything, it's like, the instincts just come out and she's just, you know, she is just in mama bear mode, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I love when the, one of my favorite lines is when the therapist reminds her like at the end of the book that like she went through all of this and meanwhile created this really beautiful bond with her daughter. Um, and that you can be all these things. You can be going through this type of thing and still have that, have those feelings and that deep, deep, deep love, which she experiences. And obviously it's different for everybody else, but I think that it's obvious when you read her story that that's how she experienced things was that the bond with Lila was sort of never, it was never in question for her. And maybe that's one of the things that saved her because everything else was so incredibly, so incredibly hard. Right. Right. And she has such an interesting support system. We didn't, you know, we, we didn't mention that, you know, Gabe's mom is there with her, her husband, you know, her husband's uh, mother is there kind of helping. And she's got this really you know, really complex. I mean, he brings in June and, and he wants, you know, she's, she's someone who has access to a lot of help, but then at the end of the day, because of all of these things that are happening to her, she can't even trust that, you know, I mean, and, and again, I just keep going back to like how horrible and horrifying it must be to be in that situation of like, well, can I trust that person to have my to have my baby and, and to have, you know, are, are these people acting in my best interest? And, yeah, and, and, really and yet she her. has more support than, you know, some women don't have absolutely any, right. any support. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then to come out of it and then to realize like, I mean, and, and it, which only makes it so much more compelling when you realize, you know, all of the things that are happening to her at the same time, kind of colliding in this, this moment. And, um, you know, and then, having to deal with that is and I there's there's a moment when um she she even says you know isn't there any any kind of um you know sympathy for new moms like she you know she's trying like isn't there she's talking to uh one of the other characters like you know isn't there aren't you going to be lenient like I'm a new mom do I get anything and and the answer is no no you don't and that just that hit me I don't know why that hit me so hard in that moment but it was like she can't get a break. Like there's no point in this that she can get a break anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's such, um, you know, there's just been so much written about where that the support that where the support system has sort of um, like what women truly need during postpartum and then what they get, like just, and, and every woman has it so different. So it's, you can't even, all I could do is write this one woman's experience. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's that scene when she's talking to the, she's talking to the detective, I think mm-hmm. sort of like, is there no, yeah. Like, is there no, is there no sort of, 
And meanwhile, she knows that, you know, her husband is kind of pleading her case, like, please, she had a very traumatic birth, like, we can't push her too hard. And they're sort of like, well, this is an investigation. And, you know, understandably, right, they, they want to find June, um, which does, which is the most important thing in that moment. Um, yeah, she was a really, she was a, she was an interesting character to write, because I felt like, I really felt like I understood her. Um, from early on, and that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you kind of write your way in and you figure out a character as you go by what they do. But for her, I felt like I, I understood how she felt. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, that really stood out to you about June is June is so sympathetic as a character. I mean, she's just the, she, she's so kind and so sweet. And we don't, we don't really know that in the beginning because we only know right. Rowan's perspective. Rowan's perspective, right. Mm-hmm. And, but then what, what's really interesting is her, her boss at the agency is going through this infertility mm-hmm. situation. And she's so sympathetic. The way she handles that is so, um, I don't want to say it's unusual because I think that would be, I, I don't want to, I don't want to believe that it's unusual, but she is so, you know, just just completely supportive and you know is there anything I can do and what can you know and and recognize it even though she's so young Mm -hmm. she recognizes this and then so then to think that she becomes Rowan's babysitter she's we know that she's got this heightened awareness of women and you know potentially pregnant women and you know women who have had babies and, and and so she's very aware of what's going on in this in this strange situation she finds herself right yeah, I, I I did like that about her. And I think um, I love her relationship that she has with Louisa. I love the character of Louisa. I think that having her in there to show another, like another woman's path to to pregnancy and another, you know, what she's sort of dealing with. And I, yeah, I think that June as a young woman, my, I'd like to think that her heart is open because, and sort of, she's so empathetic maybe because of what she went through with her own, you know, with her, with her relationship with her family. Um, and I think that she's just very empathetic and sort of can understand like sh- there's certain things that she wants. And even though it's not a baby, she can almost see that that's what Louisa wants and wishing that for her. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I found her to be like a, it, to be a very empathetic and, and, and lovable character and very naive in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, she's only 22. Like she's kind of arriving to the world with not as much life experience as the other women that you hear from in the book. Right, right. And the community that you built, you know, these these characters that are all interconnected, they're in a very distinct New York world. I mean, it, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Southern Californian, so we have a very different, you know, LA has a very different vibe than right. New York. But when you think about New York creative people and, you know, especially in this industry, so, you know, writers in general, you know, with Gabe being a screenwriter and with Rowan being a, a novelist, you have there's there's this kind of um, I don't know pedestal that you put that you know and you think okay these are very special people because they do yep. very you know very stylized special. and and very you know very special things right. so for her to arrive into this community and and to be you know to see it all from her you know very wide eyed perspective is is so fascinating but then to have them all be to, you know in this in this tableau together mm-hmm. and to see how their characters and their personalities come out you know, it, it, it's very, um, it, it just, it just reminds me of like all of my favorite, you know, favorite New York based movies where it's, it's, you can just, you just want to jump into it. You know, it's like, I think you've got males, my, well, you've got males, one of my favorite movies. 
I love you. And it, I, it's because it's like, you know, it's a literary connection. It's like, I want to jump into that party where Tom Hanks is stealing the garnish off the, you know, off the food because right. they're all book people. And I'm sure that was just a fascinating party, you know? And, and so you could just see, like, I would, I, I feel like I connected with that aspect of June because it was just, she was just seeing it all and just her awe and her, you know, her natural just excitement of being there. It was just, you could just feel it. And I remember there's so many things that June does that I just, I remember that feeling. I remember walking into my first talent agency. I remember going to auditions. I re- and like the, 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 um, audition she has in Brooklyn. Um, I mean, that was just like an audition that I had for the importance of being earnest. I mean, there's so much of that life in there. You know, you're auditioning for these gigs that, you know, sometimes they, they either, they don't pay at all. Um, so you're doing whatever you're doing on the side in her case working at the agency, but, and also babysitting. In my case, I was babysitting. I was bartending. I was doing anything kind of to make ends meet. And so that I could pursue this creative life. And I, I just remember it so well, the feeling like there's that scene when she goes to the table reading of Gabe's work. And I remember the first reading I went to, um, and it was actually at Playwrights Horizons. So it's like, you really, there's such a specific feeling to that time. You're so glad to be in this creative world, but you haven't made it yet. So you're just like, you're really hoping that you can make it because you want to be in this world. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I remember that like it was yesterday. So I'm 43 now. I mean, it would have been, I mean, this we're talking 20 years ago. And I, I remember walking into those rooms like it was yesterday and just hoping that, you know, one day I would work in entertainment and work in a creative world and tell stories. I mean, I just, I've always loved stories. And so I remember, but I remember those sort of New York moments of you're totally out of your league, but you've managed to get into this room. (laughs) You're like hoping that you don't totally mess it up. Um, And I do think that there's something sort of um, in the creative world where maybe you would, maybe you do get listened to maybe a little more because creative ideas come from everywhere. So sometimes you're a young person in a room and you do have something to say that gets listened to. And that's really exciting. And I don't know, I just remember it all so well. So that part was really fun to write about and really easy to write because I just tapped into those old experiences. And that doesn't usually, that doesn't always happen in books. Like there'll be parts of my life or parts of things that I've seen, but this time it really felt like things that I had experienced that naturally made sense for June. I love that. I love that. And, and so to go from this, this dream to incorporating all of those personal experiences and, and all of your, to, to create this, this incredible story, it just, it's so amazing to hear kind of how this came together, because as, you know, as the listeners are going to find out when they read this book, it, we're, we're dancing around it for a reason, because there are so many things that happen. And this is just going to paint the picture even more because you, you get into it and it's just, it's, it's a roller coaster, but it just, I think, um, you know, and I was telling, I was telling you before we started, you know, that I need to go back now, now that I've, I've read it, I want to go back and read it again, because I feel like there's so many things in there that were just pointing to so many and, and pointing to all kinds of things, not necessarily pointing to like what was going to happen, but just things that I should have really paid attention to. And it's just laid out so beautifully that it's just, it's just one of those really special books. And I, I, I feel like it's just going to be a book that people are going to be talking about. So it's, I I, I'm so excited that we had, that we were able to have this conversation. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Now I, I do have to wonder though, because I, now that you've, you've written this story, what's next? Do you have, do you have something lined up? Are you working on anything in the, in the future? 
Yeah. So I'm working on a book um, that's going to come out. Um, it's under contract now and it's called The Vacation Rental. Um, and it's it's the story of a woman who, you know, I, I sort of, the, the idea came to me just this idea that during the pandemic, especially people were really like looking for these, you know, kind of escaping their home, whether they were going on vacations or renting someone else's home, renting their own home out. And I just thought it would be a cool landscape to set up a mystery um, at a house that a woman decides to rent out. She decides to rent out her home and there's just very, you know, unexpected results. Um, so yeah, so that'll be out in probably two years, I think. I, it's due um, this spring, so I need to hustle. Sort of the end of this winter, it's due. So I have to get a first draft in and then we'll revise and then, you know, I'll send it. To, I have a reader's group that I usually send it to when a first draft is done and they they will chime in with whether it's something that doesn't make sense or they don't think it care. It's, it's really helpful. I mean, some people might say like, well, I just don't think that she would do this. And then, you know, this character would do this. And then it's helpful to hear that feedback. It really is. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it just amazing that we have this ability to have that connection with people and it's not just, you know, let me, let me print out this 200 page thing and hand it to you so you can read it. It's just, you know, let me, I'll shoot it over to you and you can, you know, strangers all over the world and people that you know, and people that you've met yeah. over the years that you get this, this amazing feedback from people that you may never, you, you may never have met in person. You may never meet in person, but they're, people that you can trust to give you that kind of feedback. I mean, it's just, it's such an exciting world that we live in, you know, for, for book people and, and creatives. It's just, it's so exciting. Definitely. And I think people love to talk about, you know, it's something we're always talking about stories, real life or otherwise, I think so often in conversation. And so I think that when you get people that are excited to talk about entertainment and creative stories, it's just, it's really fun to connect on. I mean, you talk, I, I mean, to me, the characters feel so real. So then when I hear, other people, like when I hear you talk about June, it's like, it makes me, it just gives me this little buzz, like this feeling of like, yes, it, can you believe her? Or can you believe that this is what she did? And, you know, it, my characters feel so real. Sometimes I think they're going to, you know, walk into a coffee shop or something. I mean, they haven't yet, but, but <laughs> how it feels at least. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. And I can't, I, that's, I, I absolutely love the idea of a book based on vacation rentals. I think that's just, especially a mystery. That's just, yeah. that's one of those things. I, I feel like feel like that might be something that people are talking about because it's I, I we have a vacation rental uh behind us and it's um or someone who does it behind us yeah. and so that the constant influx of people is just hey. so I mean you never know what you're gonna get and it's no it's on a spectrum some are nicer than others and so but you know sometimes if you're a creative person, sometimes you come up with a story for them and you're like, okay, well, these people are obviously, you know, like you're like, these people are trying to save their marriage or something yeah. like you come up with anything. I mean, they're, they're here because they needed a weekend away because yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Possibilities are endless. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Katie, this has been so much fun and I am so excited for people to read your book and um, it's, I'm, I'm glad that it's, it's, uh, it's not, by the time everybody's listening to this, it'll be out. So you can go and pick awesome. it up as it's oh. available. And yeah. um, to anybody, thank you to anybody who reads it because it always still blows my mind that people read them and I'm very, uh, very grateful. <laughs> well, I love it. I love it. And thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Thanks for having me. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Katie Sice. And as I said, the book, uh, The Break, is, about, is out now and it's available everywhere books are sold. And it is 
absolutely worth a read. As the holidays are coming up, this is the kind of book that you can tuck away with on the couch on a rainy Saturday afternoon, or you might travel with it, take it on the plane. It's, it's just something that will keep you entertained the whole way through. So definitely pick up a copy of the book. And, and I want to thank uh, Katie for taking the time to speak with me. And to my listeners, thank you so much for making it to the end of the podcast. I appreciate you as always. And just a reminder, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, like the podcast, review the podcast. And uh, it's on eight platforms. So whatever platform you're listening on, just make sure that you leave a little note so that everybody knows that uh, that you're enjoying it. And I certainly appreciate it. So thank you so much for listening and until next time.